Today's out from Christmas. We're back on WrestleRant Radio for December 23rd, 2021. As always, new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. We've got new episodes every single Thursday. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show for all new episodes. And we're one week out. Like I said, Christmas is in two days, but the real uh, you know, event to look forward to is in a week from today. we got the 2021 9th Annual WWE slash NXT slash AEW Year in Review Awards. Uh, right here on WrestleRant Radio. You've been voting all month long. If you haven't already, what the hell are you waiting for? Head on over to WrestleRant.com. Vote for the Match of the Year, Men's Wrestler of the Year, Women's Wrestler of the Year. Um, for all these different companies and whatnot, there's a lot of great choices. I think. I'm biased. I put it together. Uh, Mr. Marceau voted twice. He worked his way around the system. We'll ask him about that in a second. But go ahead to WrestleRant.com right now and vote in the 2021 Year in Review Awards. We're going to be discussing all of that, as we always do, for our final show of 2021 next week, which I'm looking forward to. Mr. Marceau, welcome to the show, brother. And I see you worked your way around the system to vote twice this past week. Yeah, I cheated. I uh, jumped in. Because <laughs> I think as I forget, like, I yeah. usually right when you post it up, so then sometimes I forget. So I'm like, I got to do it again. I got pictures, so I remember. Yeah. So there you go. See, I, I cheated, but it was for the improvement of the show. It was for, let's say, uh, as Rollins would say, for the greater good. It was for the greater good, so I'm not fumbling around like trying to remember what's going on here. So I got to pick who I voted for, who is in the voting, and there you go. See, smart, smart. Like I said, the gif I sent you. I love the gif. I had, I knew you were going to send that before you sent it, which is why I sent it at the exact same time that you studied that you sent it. What'd you say? I'm a genius. I love that. Hey, kids, a genius. That's what you can do. You can go on a different device, and hey, it adds the votes as long as you're not a. Uh, you know, voting for the, I mean, I guess you probably voted for the same stuff twice. As long as you're not doing it six or seven times. I mean, if one of these, if one of these categories wins by like a vote, that's your fault. So, I mean, we, we can, you know, we can uh, credit you for that one. But we'll see. We'll see. That's not usually the case, but usually it's pretty close. But we have that to look forward to. Today, we're talking all things Raw, NXT, and Dynamite from this past week. The holiday bash edition of Dynamite, that is. Um, a fairly quiet week, I think, from a wrestling news standpoint. I mean, Dynamite was fairly newsworthy, but for the first time in a while, Mr. Marceau, no pay-per-views, no major events. We just got Christmas Christmas to look forward to this weekend, so it was a nice breath of fresh air as far as no pay-per-views to talk about this week. Yeah, it was, it was nice to not have any breaking news once we get off the air, and we could actually enjoy the weekend. And uh, it was very quiet, but I would say it was a good week. I mean, quiet's not always terrible. Would you say very relaxing? It was very relaxing. Like I said, I think sometimes people think quiet's bad, but usually if it's not quiet, there's usually something bad going on. So Yeah, no, ex- exactly. I agree. I feel like for the last couple of weeks from Jeff Hardy getting released to the Kevin Owens stuff, and, you know, we had a debut last night on Dynamite, but it wasn't anything, you know, it was great, but it wasn't, uh, you know, nothing negative, which is good. So I, I appreciate that. But we'll get into all of that momentarily, but as we have for the last... You know, three or four weeks here on the show. I got to ask you, Mr. Marceau. We spoke about it briefly before we hit record here. Christmas movies. What have you watched in the last week? What would you recommend to people before Christmas on Saturday? I was telling you before we started recording. I, I mean, I saw it before. Hadn't seen it in a long time. Me and Molly the other night watched Christmas with the Cranks, and I, I, I got to be honest with you, the movie is terrible. <laughs> um, it, it's one of those movies like it is so over the top that it just like. It threw me off. Like, I get, like, sometimes comedies are supposed to be a little extreme or over the top, but this one, like, just because they didn't want to celebrate Christmas, their whole neighborhood, like, hated them. It was just, like, I, I, I'm, I'm taking it out of the early uh, routine here because it, it just was not good. What? Mr. Marceau, you're telling me that the 5% that had gotten Rotten Tomatoes was justified? Yes, it's not a good movie. <laughs> hey, would you rather watch, if you're going to watch a Christmas Tim Allen movie, just go watch The Santa Claus instead, right? Santa Claus 2. Santa Claus 2. I like the third one. I like the whole time travel aspect of it. I like the second one because Charlie's actually older. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like the same way with Home Alone. I like the second one a little bit better because the kid's like older and it like, I don't know. I feel like the little kid like, eh, give me the second one. I like the second one better. Yeah, like they actually used the same actor, which was cool. It's the same exact kid and then Tim Allen's hitting on the principal, which was uh, which was great. Ended in predictable fashion, like it was a Hallmark movie or something. But no, I, I enjoy the I enjoy the Santa Claus movies. I enjoy all three of them. And I enjoy Christmas with the Cranks, too. I'll probably be watching that a little bit later because it is so bad. Um, that's a classic to me. But yeah, we got Christmas on Saturday. We're looking forward to that. 
Um, but let's get into Monday Night Raw first from Monday night, which, again, I, again, personally, I thought it was a decent show. I'm not going to complain. I think Raw honestly has been a bit better lately. Um, we talk a lot about, hey, listen, this show sucks. This show's terrible. Specifically with Raw, it's been the worst wrestling show of 2021 by far. I mean, it's not even sure that's a question. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious if you agree, though. Have you kind of felt the same way that I have as far as Raw being... I'm not saying, listen, it's not must-see. It's not an amazing show. But I feel like in the last couple of weeks alone, gotta give credit where it's due, I feel like they've done a better job of filling the three hours than they have for the better part of 2021. Yeah, I would say... I would say, like you said, it's not, definitely not must-see, but I feel like Raw has been better in the last couple months than it had previously. I mean, there's times that like, Raw was just literally a chore to get through, and Nothing was happening. It was kind of the same old shit every week. So I feel like now, I mean, we're getting the rumble season and day one, they're really pumping up. So, I mean, I feel like that's probably why we're getting a little bit better shows. Cause, like there was some kind of direction in the new heading right into WrestleMania season. So that's usually when Raw starts getting a little bit better and, and, and SmackDown and stuff like that. But I, I still think Raw has been better recently than it has. I, I would say since Crown Jewel, I feel like the show has been, or was it Super Show? It was Crown Jewel, right? Yes, yeah, Crown right? Jewel, yep. Since Crown Jewel, I feel like the show has gotten a lot better. I mean, Survivor Series, I felt like the Raw started to get like more feuds and things that people care about. Um, heading into day one, I think that's the same, you can say the same thing, and then we're going to go right into the Rumble. So, I mean, is it a perfect show? No, but I think they've done a lot to make it more watchable than it was before. Yeah, I don't know if that's because of the draft or just a change in direction for the show. Because SmackDown, we haven't really we don't really talk about SmackDown here on the show because it's kind of old news by the time we talk on Thursdays, but. I mean, I thought last week's show was decent. It was a hot crowd in Chicago, and the Roman and Brock stuff was amazing. What would you say about currently the state of SmackDown on Friday nights? It's, I would say it's probably getting a little bit worse. I feel like besides Roman, I really don't care a lot. I think Besides that, really, on SmackDown, I really don't care what's going on just because, I don't know, it just it isn't that interesting. So I, I would say if they didn't have, especially if they, I mean, like, Drew's, like, screwing off with, like, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. I mean, come on. He's facing Madcap Moss in the pay-per-view, dude. That's awful. So, I mean, I feel like that's the biggest problem. Like, they, besides Roman, everyone else kind of seems just there. I love Drew, but I just feel like he's there. I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan, so, like, her mucking it around. Like, I feel like it's a big step off from where Becky was. Rollins isn't on the show anymore. No Edge. I mean, I feel like they've, they've kind of missed a lot of people, so... I mean, I like Drew, but I feel like he's kind of treading water for their for the near future. And then, I mean, I like Shinsuke, but come on. I mean, I feel like they just treat him like a joke, so yeah. it is what it is. Is the Intercontinental Championship still around? I feel like we haven't seen that in months. And I've seen New Day and Usos like a thousand times. Like, what? fucking shit or get off the pot. You don't agree with the fact they did the match before the pay-per-view? I mean, why wouldn't you do that, right? <laughs> I don't get that. It's just stupid. It's so fucking dumb. I just, I don't know, I'm not digging SmackDown right now. But, hey, got to love the Tribal Chief and Paul Heyman, though. I thought that angle was excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, need, that's that's literally the only reason to watch Raw, uh, SmackDown right yeah, now. It really is. No, that was great. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I agree, especially even with NXT. I'm not saying it's a great show, but I think they've done a decent job of building towards uh, New Year's Evil coming up in a couple weeks and even day one. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend on January 1st. So we'll talk more about that stuff next week um, right before we get to the awards and whatnot. We'll do predictions for New Year's Evil and uh, Day One. But, you know, the big story on Raw this week was, could they coexist? Biggie and Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens and Rollins, kind of the route that we all expected them to go in, coming out of what happened last week with Bobby beating all three members of the team. Not the most creative storyline of these four, and I'm sure the match will be great at the pay-per-view. I don't agree with Bobby being put in the match. I love Bobby. I just don't really feel like the match necessarily needed him. Um, but, you know, they had Big E and Bobby win the main event with, uh, I think Bobby picked up the win for his team. But I do want to ask you, though, I mean, that was kind of what it was. Has been some buzz lately since Monday night about Bobby Lashley's immediate future as far as, listen, I know he only teamed with Big E here because, you know, they needed someone to team with Big E against the two heels, Owens and Rollins, who have a soft alliance right now. I get that. Could it be indicative, though, of a grander babyface turn? For Bobby Lashley, do you think this is planting the seeds for Babyface Bobby going into 2022 and whatever they might have planned for him going into the new year, going into the road to WrestleMania? I don't hate it. I mean, I feel like he's been a baby. He's been a heel since he came back. So a little Bobby Babyface run. I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I think it's new and different, and I feel like they kind of they are pretty heel heavy. So turning him face wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing. 
Now, I know you wouldn't really benefit from it. The guy's 45, 46 years old. Doesn't look it. But what would be your take on him potentially winning the Royal Rumble, a match that he's never won before, and being Roman Reigns' opponent for WrestleMania? Now, I know that's a bit far-fetched because it very much looks like it's going to be, you know, it very much looks like it's going to be him and Drew at WrestleMania or him and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania as far as with Roman Reigns. Bobby, I think, is a dark horse, though. What are your thoughts on him? Maybe him winning the Rumble and going on to face Roman instead of Big E at WrestleMania. I don't hate it. I mean, it's a match we haven't seen in a while. I know they did the triple threat on Raw about a month or two ago, um, but they had that, honestly, a very good match, if you go back and watch it, from uh, Extreme Rules, I think it was. It was back in 2018. It was right when Bobby came back. Very good match. And he was ba- that was back when he was a babyface for the first time, so... Just an idea, but hey, listen, if we're getting Brock at day one, and I, I like Drew, and I don't mind Drew getting the match, but you know, Bobby would be at least something a little bit fresher. We just got Drew and Roman last year, and we'll see, we'll see, but it's just an idea to kind of keep in mind. Um, another big story from Monday night, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Oh, okay, so we had Miz TV. We had, like, the Cutting Edge and Miz TV, which was a bit overkill, but we had Miz TV with AJ and Omos. And they talked about the tension, and Miz was like, oh yeah, almost was shit-talking you, and AJ didn't believe it. So then Ray and Dominic Mysterio then beat AJ Styles and Omos after Omos doesn't save AJ, and he doesn't come in the ring to save him or whatever. And then he attacks him afterwards, so the split has been cemented, and not only that, but then he immediately turns on him afterward. AJ kind of asks him what the hell is going on here, and he pushes him, and they brawl for a little bit, and now they have a match on Monday's Raw. They're not even waiting until day one. So at WrestleVotes, which has been a pretty credible source as far as breaking news in the past, as far as insider stuff, mentioned this past week that they rushed the split between the two because they have bigger plans for both men, not just one, but both men in the new year, which to me sounds like they're not going to have a match at WrestleMania, which to me, thank God, I do not want to see that. If they're doing it on Raw, fine. I would have waited until day one. But I'm curious what your take on this is and where you think they're going with both AJ and Omos and your thoughts in the rushed uh, split on Monday night. I mean, I, I feel like we were just kind of treading water with them, too. I mean, once they lost the belts and they just continuous kept losing, I feel like there was, like, a pretty decent gap of, like, pretty sure they lost the belts at SummerSlam, and then, I mean, they haven't really won much since. So, I mean, it's almost been three months of them just constantly losing and not really doing much, so... I didn't hate it. I mean, Omos did win at Survivor Series. They won that stupid Battle Royal. Um, but besides that, they really haven't done much but just lose. So I think it was kind of inevitable that they were going to break up. I don't hate it. I don't really want to see them at WrestleMania. I mean, I really don't know what they're going to do with Omos. I mean, I just, I don't know. This guy's still green as shit. So I don't know. I, I guess you could push him, but I, I, don't, I don't know how far that's going to go. He's the next founder of the Giant, I was told. Stop. That's what Taker said. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Do, do you think they might do Biggie and Omos at WrestleMania or have him? I mean, I, I'm not even kidding. I mean, these, I hear big plans and I, I get scared. What does that even mean? You're scaring me. Stop. <laughs> as, far as, as far as AJ, though, goes, I'm glad he's hopefully going back on his own. Is he babyface now? I think, I don't know if that's, is that the best role for him? I don't know. I mean, I want him back babyface and. I don't know, man, because I feel like if he was still heel, and maybe he still will be, we can get AJ and Edge, we can get AJ and Balor. If he goes babyface, maybe him and Rollins again? I don't know. So I'm curious what you think about that. Um, I mean, I feel like Omos has to be the heel, I guess. I don't know. I'd rather, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you could have a... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I, I, guess, just, I guess beyond that feud, I mean. I mean, I guess AJ will be a, a face against Omos, but beyond that, what are your thoughts on that? I would have him be... Uh, I want to see him and Rollins, so I would say face. Okay. All right. Is that the Mania match, you think? Book it, pal. Book it, pal. I mean, I think there's again, there's a lot of options. Him and Edge, I really want to see. Him and Balor again would be cool. They're both face, and I guess they could turn heel again. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm curious to see where they go with AJ. But who, who wins on Monday, or is it just a non-angled, non-finish type shit? Uh, Omos wins. Omos wins clean? Clean. Wow. Okay. He's going to win the face, Rumble. Yeah, and he's going to face Big E at WrestleMania. <laughs> hey, you heard it here first. Um, someone that they're actually pushing that I'm actually kind of invested in right now is Austin Theory. I think the booking of Austin Theory has been surprisingly very good since he returned to the main roster a few months ago. And I was the first one, maybe not the first one, but I had said when he got drafted to Raw, listen, this guy's going to end up, end up right back on main event. I mean, that's where he was right before he got cut. I know he was with Rollins and shit, or he got moved back to NXT. But I feel like with all the star power they have on Raw, I felt like he'd get lost in the shuffle. They would have no plans for him. 
but he's been doing great work since he got to Raw. He and Balor had a very good match. Balor won um, relatively clean. And they're having a rematch next week on Raw that I think Theory is going to win. So your thoughts on the ascent of Austin Theory on Raw and his his ceiling in the immediate future? Because, I mean, he could be a WWE champion at some point, but I feel like all roads should lead to him beating Damian Priest for the United States Championship at some point, maybe even at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I think Austin Theory, since we saw him coming in the NXT just a few years ago, even when he got called up immediately for WrestleMania 36 because of COVID, I mean, he just has everything. Um great athlete has a great look um young i mean i think it's just he has everything they're looking for i mean they're putting him with vince so clearly there has to be some interest in there i think that's something obviously if you're with vince vince fucking has some say so and i think he's good in the ring i think there's some more focus on him which i mean it's great and i don't hate it and like you said i think in the near future we could see him beating damian priest for the belt and i'm all for it yeah, I think he'd be the perfect fit for the United States Championship right now. Uh, Damian Priest had lost to Dolph Ziggler on the show via countout. Thankfully, he wasn't pinned. Damian has not been pinned one-on-one all year on the main roster, which is crazy. I think the last time he was pinned one-on-one was against Karrion Cross on New Year's Evil, <laughs> a guy that's not even employed anymore by this company, which is wild to think about. Um, obviously, Damian retains next week, right, on Raw? Yes. Yeah, I feel like that was a given. Um, that was pretty, I mean, there's some other stuff, uh, you know, Becky and Liv had a pretty good exchange, I thought, I, I enjoyed that, Rhea's back to her dominant way, she beat Zelina Vega, um, getting her win back on Monday's Raw, we kind of already talked about that last week, um, Orton and Otis are having a match next week, and then we already talked about the finals of the arcade Bronemann, but, um, we are indeed getting it next week, Mysterios and Profits, are you sticking with the Mysterios, or who did you think was gonna win that to go on to face Orton and, uh, Orton and Riddle day one. Give me the Mysterios. Give me the Mysterios. I think that would be cool. I think the Prophets, I think they can wait until later on. I mean, I think we've already talked about this, but do you think the end game is Orton and Riddle one-on-one at WrestleMania, or when do they lose the championships, do you think? Um, I mean, I would I would love to see that at WrestleMania. I think it would be a nice... They have, like, a nice tenure together, and then you just have Randy turn on them, and there we go. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great WrestleMania match. There's need a belt over it, and... I think that's perfect. I think Orton really thrives in like those mid-card Mania matches. Like Him and Rollins a number of years ago was an excellent mid-card Mania match. Him and AJ a couple of years after that, the one that we were there for, was a pretty good match. I feel like he does perfect with those mid-card Mania matches. I mean, unless you count him and The Fiend, which was fucking terrible. Whoa, 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 that's for a belt. <laughs> that, was great. that was a great match. I, I'm, I, the funny thing is that I didn't know what you were talking about until you said belt. Because I was talking about the one from this year. Ah, I he faced him twice, the... and he buried buried him twice. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Yo, that shit was terrible. Both times, awful. The guy's not even Dude, there I anymore. This, I honestly think the one this year was worse. Um, I don't know. It was shorter. Place, like crying black blood. Like stop. That was dumb. But as far as like the match match goes, the one that we were there for at thirty three was pretty bad. I mean, the, the shit on the mat, like, the, the the worms, and people were like, okay, what is this? That was pretty but bad. Also, well, also, I feel like that was later on the show. I'm pretty sure Orton and Fiend opened the show this year. It did. So I, I, I feel like that the other match was worse because it was for the WWE title, and it's supposed to be, like, this big main event match, and it was, like, mid-card match of Mania 33, and it was terrible. I liked it. Hey, Lesnar and, uh, Lesnar and Brock was... Or, Lesnar and Brock. Lesnar and Goldberg was a fucking barn burner, though, that year. Great stuff, pal. That was great stuff, pal. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much raw in a nutshell, really. Again, not that uh, not that newsworthy of a show, but I thought, that, which is good. I mean, I don't want to sit here and complain about a lot of stuff that they did. Um, I thought it was a solid show this week. I will mention this though: Bianca and Dewdrop. I thought again had another very good match. Dewdrop, I think, has really found her footing as a heel on this show. The only issue is that they've had her lose all three times, which makes Bianca look strong, which is great. Um, I just don't really know where you go with Dewdrop from here now that she's lost three different times to Bianca Belair three weeks in a row. The feud's got to be over at this point. Um, I just don't really know where you go with her from here. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, having her, um, I guess one week she got counted out, but still, I mean, just with the heel, it's like, yeah, you want them, you want the baby face, especially Bianca. I feel like Bianca's, I mean, surprisingly for her, I feel like they've done well by her. I mean, yeah, she lost the belt, and I think they've rehabbed her good enough. I mean, she's still fucking over as shit with the crowd, so... Yeah. I think they've done well with her, but like you also still need to get heat on the on the heel. I mean, 
I just, I like Dewdrop. I feel like she's one of the better heels on the show. I mean, besides Becky, she'd probably be too. I mean, I don't really count Carmella and Queen Zelina as like big time heels. So, eh, I don't know. I feel like they probably should have either had her win or maybe lay, maybe have like her lay Bianca out outside the ring and she wins by count out. I don't know. You got to give her some fucking heat. I mean,. I don't know. I, I think she's done well, though. I, I, I just just changed the fucking name, though. The name's terrible. Just go back to Piper Niven. The Dewdrop thing is just dumb. It didn't work. Just accept it and move on, and then everything will be better. But I think they could have gave her maybe, like, a cheap win and kind of keep some heat on her. I mean, when you beat her three weeks in a row, it's just... It doesn't really mean that much. Yeah, then it's like she's a loser. I mean, well, why should we care about Dewdrop? I'm not saying 50-50 booking, but... I mean, she won decisively. Bianca did two weeks in a row, so... I don't know. That, that's the end of the line for that feud. I do not want to see that continue if Dewdrop's just going to get beat every single week. Um, yeah, she just got completely dominated. But, you know, she had a she had a good showing there. I thought it was a quality match. And Bianca, they're still very clearly highly on, you know, very high on her. And, uh, you know, we talked about before, is she, you know, either her, Rhea, or Liv, um, depending on who wins the Rumble. I, mean, I, I think it can come down to those three in the, in the women's Rumble. Um, you think they're setting up for Bianca to get the belt back from Becky? Or where do you think, where do you stand on that one? Honestly, I don't know, but I... <sighs> I'm intrigued. I don't know. I'm intrigued, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I just... I don't know. I think I think it'll be... I think any of the three women, Rhea, Liv, or Bianca, could be the one to beat Becky. I don't think... At this point, I don't think Liv's gonna. I mean, I don't think she's gonna drop the belt day one, so... It'd probably be more of Rhea or Bianca, but, I mean, either or, I'm not... I'm not against either of them. What about Nikki Ash? Jesus, no. <laughs> Why not? She's doing the depressed superhero character right now. I will say, though, I think, I I mean, maybe you won't because maybe you won't, but I think I'll give them the credit. I feel like we thought it was going to f- be a flash in the pan. I think the Nikki Ash stuff's have been, t- they've used her a lot better than she ever was as Nikki Cross, so. <sighs> you know what? Real, buddy. I hate to agree with you on that, but I think it's true. She's been on the. Sh- it it shouldn't think- be that way though. She shouldn't be on the show more as Nikki Ash than she was Nikki Cross. That that to me is a problem. Well, it's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I guess. I guess uh, we'll go to NXT now from Tuesday. Um, I actually thought this week's show was solid. I mean, it doesn't have that musty feel to it at this point, but you know, again, it is, it is what it is. I, I suppose with NXT. But I did really like the street fight. I thought the the street fight between Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai was quite great, actually. They started behind the scenes, started backstage, spilled over into the ring, had a great match, a lot like they did to TakeOver 36 a few months ago. And Raquel wins again. Um, so a lot kind of comes from this, a lot of questions. But we'll talk about the Raquel stuff first, because as soon as the match is over, she had challenged uh, Mandy Rose to a rematch, the NXT Women's Championship that she was screwed out of at Halloween Havoc, and she's going to get it in New Year's Evil in a triple threat with Cora Jade, who had also beaten Mandy Rose a couple of weeks ago. So I think the booking here is perfect. Cora Jade owns a win over Mandy. Raquel has momentum right now. She wants her rematch, and to me it makes perfect sense, and it provides a great opportunity for Mandy Rose to retain her title in a three-way without pinning. I mean, she's going to pin one of them, but they can always go back to the singles matches between Mandy and Cora and Mandy and Raquel after New Year's Evil. So I really like the booking here quite a lot. Yeah, I think the booking here is good. I, I think, this, like you said, I think it was a great match, great street fight. I kind of feel bad for Dakota Kai. I feel like she's just been just getting stopped all over the place lately. But, I mean, I think Raquel needed a win. I mean, I'm honestly surprised they haven't called her up yet. I mean, I, maybe she's like a, a Royal Rumble call, but I feel like she's done everything she can at, in NXT at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but, no, I thought it was a good match. Her and her and Cora Jade. I mean, makes sense. Like you said, I I don't know who. I mean, I think they probably have Jade get pinned. But I mean, you can still keep. At least it opens up. Like you said, maybe it could be some shenanigans with Toxic Attraction because they attacked them after uh, this challenge here. So maybe it could be some shenanigans from them and then set something up down the line. But uh, no, I, I think the women's division NXT has been good. I, I think Toxic Attraction has been a positive for the new brand. And I mean. I think Cora Jade has a bright future and seems like they're very behind her. So, I mean, I think you'll have a little veteran in there um, with uh, with Mandy. I mean, she's not the greatest veteran of all time, but I think she's starting to get her footing better. And um, I think Gonzalez has been great. I think she'll be called up probably. I wouldn't be surprised she's not in the Royal Rumble. And mm-hmm. I think it's like they're 
young superstar women breakout that they think they can mold. And I think the other two girls in Toxic Attraction have a bright future as well. So I think we have a few women here that have bright futures, and I think they've done well with all of them. I agree. Um, I feel like Raquel could follow the same formula as Rhea Ripley and that she got called up in the Rumble, like you said. And then, I mean, we've had women in the Rumble before from NX. They don't get called up right away. They're just kind of in the Rumble, and that's it. Um, but I could see her getting her actual call up a lot like Damian Priest in the Rumble itself. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like they're going to do the triple threat. They're going to have Raquel lose, whether she gets pinned or not. Maybe they do the singles rematch in NXT, like, a couple weeks later, and Mandy wins that, too. And then they call her up. Because, like you said, I'm not really sure what else you do with her in NXT. So, um, that's where I see her future kind of heading. Dakota Kai is the other thing I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned that before. You mentioned Dakota, and now you feel bad for her, and I agree. Um, she's been kind of a stepping stone for the last year. I mean, really, you can make that argument for the last four years. I mean, there was a point where she first, when she first turned heel, she was getting pushed a bit. I mean, she beat Tegan Knox to take over Portland. She beat her again in the steel cage match. And that seemed to be her ceiling because she never won the NXT women's championship. She was the NXT women's tag team champion for an hour earlier this year. Uh, she really hasn't had a lot of accomplishments. She lost to Raquel multiple times. She lost to Io Shirai multiple times. I just don't really know what you do with her. We thought, hey, maybe she goes back to being a babyface. They didn't do that. What do you do with Dakota Kai? Does she stay put in NXT? I saw some people saying, oh, maybe this is her swan song. But the thing with me is that if they didn't call her up coming out of TakeOver a couple months ago and they didn't call her up in the draft, then why would you call her up? If they, if they didn't want to call her up then, then why would they want to call her up now? I mean, I don't know what their thing against Dakota Kai is because it looked like they were about to call her up because she was on main event. She lost the, let me choke, check my notes here, Aaliyah on main event like <laughs> six months ago, and it led nowhere. She was never on the main roster. And Aaliyah, by the way, we haven't seen at all in the last month, which it's just hilarious to me. But yeah, what do you do with Dakota Kai? Does she stay put or does she go to the main roster? Or is it like a Kyler Riley situation where she doesn't really have much of a future on either show? <sighs> I, I mean, I love Dakota Kai. I think she's better as a babyface, honestly. Yep. I liked her better as, like, the bubbly babyface. I mean, she's good as a heel, too, but I just feel like they have, like... I don't know, I just feel like she doesn't fit in, like, as a heel. I don't know, I like her more as a face, so... When they brought her back as a heel, I'm like, oh, jeez. Like, I just feel like, like I said, because I feel like Raquel has been, like... They've been pushing her a lot, and they just had her get stomped right over by Raquel. They're clearly pushing Cora Jane, who's a babyface. They switched Kaylee Ray babyface, and yeah. she's stomped right over to... Dakota twice, I'm pretty sure, so it's like I get it, but I, I think she's better as a baby face, and I mean at this point, if they're not going to call her up, then I just I don't know, I just I just feel like they have so many other people that they're focusing on the main roster, and just like, if you just implement her, it's just like another I just don't think there's anything for her at this point, so, I mean, I think she's great but I, I wouldn't be surprised like in the coming week if they started releasing people she was on it. I, no, love I wouldn't her, be surprised I, at all. I just feel like there's just clearly there isn't any future plan because they just there it really isn't because she really hasn't done much in the coming weeks. So you think they'll wait until the day after Christmas instead? <laughs> I actually think <laughs> they're doing it tomorrow night at midnight. No, <laughs> could you imagine? Merry that would Christmas. be terrible. I mean, they let go of a bunch of people right before Thanksgiving about a month ago. I mean, it's not Christmas, but knowing this company, I wouldn't be shocked. They'll wait until after day one. They'll wait until their like quarter earnings or whatever, and then they'll do it then. They have to, they have to give Roman his Christmas bonus. <laughs> Tribal Chief. Him and Dakota, uh, Dakota Kai and uh, you know who else? I mean, I hate to even speculate on this because I, I want to see them all stay. I think it's it's terrible. I mean, at least Dakota Kai is on TV. Whatever the fuck happened to Elias? I thought you were going to say Ricochet. Uh, oh, Ricochet too, but Elias hasn't been on the show in months. They know what, they know what to do with them. I guess. Did you see the whole thing where they, yeah, they, they gave him a new gimmick and they didn't like it, so they moved on or something? I don't know. He's not booked, Terry. Hey, he's not booked. He's not even booked on main event. I like Elias, but I feel like he's another one. Like, if his name was on a future Endeavor list, I, I mean, I like him. I think he's like a WWE guy, so I don't, I don't think it really helped him too much, but... I don't know. I feel like they got, like, it's sad. Like, they got another guitar player that people actually like, so they just got rid of Elias. Not with Rick Boogs. <laughs> I mean, I think he's done well. I mean, remember when he was in NXT and no one could give, like, legitimately any shits about yeah, him? Yeah, I, yeah. From what From what he was to what he became, I think he did well, but clearly the company just never, like, he's just, like, a known enhancement guy, unfortunately. Like, he would win occasionally, but, like, he never won anything that mattered. He's just kind of, like, one of those, like, Guys, it's just there. He's like a known job guy, and yeah, I mean, 
I'm surprised when they were doing cuts like five, six years ago, he wasn't on the same list as Bull Dempsey. I miss Bull. <laughs> Bull! 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 I miss Bull. You miss Bull Fit? Is he still is he still wrestling? He was like in the Northeast area. I saw him make a couple appearances in Ring of Honor. I mean, that was years ago. I don't know what he's doing now. I haven't seen his name on a card in forever. Remember when he was doing the fitness thing, but he was eating like chocolate bars? <laughs> hey, he's bullfit. He didn't lose a pound. <laughs> God. He's probably resting at mud shows now. Probably. <laughs> Facing Leroy Patterson from AW Dark. Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> we'll guy. save that rant for another day. Um, do got to mention this, though. So AJ Styles appearing in NXT, clearly a ratings grab, very random. Um, they did advertise it in advance, obviously, again, as a way to pull up ratings. I think the rating did better, but the demo is down, so it doesn't even really matter. Why AJ, though? I mean, I know he's a big star, but, like, the timing seemed odd because almost just kicked his ass on Raw, and then they call him over to NXT. I mean, is this a one-off? Because he didn't get physical with Grayson Waller. It's not like he laid him out and that was it. Grayson Waller backed away, so it sure seems to me like they're building to a a match between Waller and uh, AJ at some point, maybe even in New Year's Evil. I mean, I don't hate it. I, like, I don't mind Waller. I feel like he's just different. I don't know. I like I, Waller personally, but that's just me. Still mixed on Waller. I, I like, like him, but like he's still like another crop of the new guys that like, I don't know. I feel like Braun Breaker is just such a star that like maybe I just need to like get broken in a little bit by Waller. But I mean, I think he's good. And I mean, I wouldn't hate him and AJ. I mean, definitely help. I mean, at this point, like, it's it's a developmental brand at this point. Like, why are they worried about the ratings at this point? I mean, it should even be on TV. I mean, it should between, be on the cock at this point. It, should, it really should be on the cock at this point. I mean, between him and the, they have Riddle on the show, we forgot to talk about that a week or two ago, but he's the shaman for MSK, which I don't hate. A lot of people don't like Riddle, which I completely understand. It's just... I mean, to me, it screams desperation. And I know I'm saying this now, and they brought Balor to NXT two years ago, and he was a main roster star. But that was it was a different time at that point. At that point, it was a third brand. This is not a third brand. This is developed fucking mental. So AJ Styles sticks out like a sore thumb. It's very obvious what they're going with. There. At least Balor it made sense. With AJ, it's just random. I mean, hopefully Grayson can benefit from that. Um, it's just weird. But your thoughts on having these main roster guys on NXT? I'm not a big fan of it personally because if you really want to put over the new talent, I mean, I guess Grayson Waller might benefit from it again, but... I don't know, man. With between him and Riddle, it just seems very like. Just why did you change NXT in the first place? If this is what you guys were going to be doing, I don't know. I don't get it. But I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I just feel like like Cole, Fish, uh, O'Reilly, like they they were like the top veterans at that point. Like Gargano, like they, those. Like now they don't really have any veterans. Not like Chopper. So. <laughs> He's probably on his <laughs> way out too when he when he drops the belt. That's what. <laughs> That's why they're bringing like the WWE guys because they don't have any like veteran to put them over. The best, I guess. I mean, the best part is that they're like, "Hey, listen, we don't want any more indie guys, but we're going to bring in these indie guys from the for the main roster to work with like the less established people." Which I just that's just comical to me. But I got to mention this: you talk about the less established guys. There's a lot of people in NXT 2.0 I like. There's a lot of people I think are very talented. I think there's a lot of people that have bright futures. Von Wagner is not one of them. Um, he had a match this week with Idris Inofi, who I think got beat by Boa a week or two ago. And I, I've seen Inofi a little bit. I think on 205 Live, he, he seems he seems like he's a decent wrestler. Beats Von Wagner with a roll-up in a minute this week. And immediately gets his ass kicked by Von Wagner as Robert Stone looks on. This might have been one of the worst things I've seen on the show in a while, and that covers a lot of ground. I thought this was a complete waste of time. I, I, I speed search this then. You I didn't see Von it. Wagner? I mean, what? I know this he did on I don't see anything in him. I really don't understand what they see in him besides his size. He's as bland as a fucking chicken. He's basically Brandon Cutlet at this point. Who <laughs> cares? I just don't care. I, I, every time I see Von Wagner, I just, I just fast forward. But the weird thing is that if you think they were going to push him, at least commit. Like, they had him beat Kyle O'Reilly. He beat the shit out of O'Reilly. Perfect. And then he loses two weeks later to a no-namer, dude. I mean, with Robert even Stone. What'd you say? Then they have, like, some kind of, like, alliance with Robert Stone. He's a glorified loser. But you mean Robert Stone, the same guy who's managed, like, five different women and four of them got released? Dude, he pushed Aaliyah to the fucking main roster. Pushed her to the catering room because we haven't. Remember when Aaliyah was on Team SmackDown and she got removed, and then she didn't do anything about it after that. We just haven't seen her since. 
I mean, it's not a terrible thing. Hey, I'm not saying she should be on the show, but then don't feature her in the first place. She sucks. <laughs> sorry. Uh, going on to the main event here. Pete Dunne, Tony D'Angelo. Honestly, I thought this was a very good match. I was one of those people, and you might still be. I just was not a big fan of the Tony D stuff at all. I thought the whole gimmick sucked. And I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever. He kind of got over like a meme, too, with a lot of people. Um, but the guy's a good enough worker from what I've seen. He's believable enough where I actually have become a fan of his. And I thought this was a really good match. Pete won. Tony got his heat back afterwards, so the feud continues. I'm okay with that. Uh, I thought this was a really good match, and Tony really had, I thought, a solid showing that made him stand out and had him show that he where he proved that he was on Pete's level. So uh, I'm, I'm curious what your take is on Tony D'Angelo and what you think his ceiling is in NXT in this match with Pete Dunne. No, I thought this was a good match. I like... I feel like at first you're kind of like, oh my god, all these gimmicks and like yep. all the vignettes. And at that point, like you had just like it just felt like early ruthless aggression, like oh five oh six, and they were literally just calling all these people up, giving them these weird gimmicks, and basically like just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. So at first, I'm like, Jesus Christ, we got like the poker guy with Duke Hudson, and now like we got the Italian mobster guy, and then just like everyone has a fucking gimmick at this point. So at first, I was like, Jesus Christ, but I think. I think he's done well. I mean, the gimmick's kind of goofy and weird, but I think he's done well. He's well enough in the ring, just like Joe Gacy. Like, I think the gimmick's kind of like whatever. It's kind of weird, but I think he's, they're good enough in the ring to kind of like make it passable, I guess. Yeah. Like, I think he's good enough in the ring. That, like, I like yeah, the gimmick's weird, but I think I, I don't mind. Like, I'm not going to skip his match because I think he's a good enough wrestler that I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, the development they've had with Harlan lately has been good as well. So, I mean... There's some bright spots. There's definitely some weak spots, but I, I, I think D'Angelo, I'd put him in the plus car category. Yeah, I don't know. It's grown on me. I mean, I don't know how far he's going to go with this gimmick specifically, but if the guy can go when he's making the most of it, which I think is the key here, then I'm on board with it. So I, I like the match, and I have no issue with them continuing this feud. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. On that note, we'll transition on over to Dynamite, the Holiday Bash edition from Wednesday as we close out here. Um, and again, I thought it was a good show. Um, I thought it was a, a fine holiday show. They're going to have a Christmas episode on Saturday, airing on Saturday night. Um, but I thought this was good, obviously notable for a few different reasons, one being the obvious debut of Kyle O'Reilly, which we've been talking a lot about for the last couple of months. And he's officially all elite. It was more a matter of when than if I think he was going to join the promotion. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, like, is the roster too bloated? The answer is yes. Um, have they hired too many people? Debatably, yes. But I still have said that I think Kyle O'Reilly made sense to go there, as you have as well, because I think it just makes sense. It makes sense, and there's a story to tell there. It's not like he's coming in like Jay Lethal, who I love, but they haven't done jack shit with him because they don't have a role for him on the show. He's not even like he's winning squash matches. He's just not even on the show. Um, O'Reilly, at least, there's a story right out of the gate. And Adam Cole beating Orange Cassidy, and I thought it was a good match. Cassidy kicking out of the fucking Panama Sunrise was ridiculous, but... Um, this was notable, like I said, for their debut of Kyle O'Reilly aiding Adam Cole and kind of hesitantly aligning with him, which I like because they just had bad blood like four months ago, um, kicking Adam Cole out of NXT. And uh, yeah, we got an undisputed tease. They were about to do the hand signal, but before they could, your favorites, the Bucks, came out dressed like goofs in their Santa wear and the, the high shorts and just looking like morons. And uh, they were, you know, they, they didn't know about it. It was Adam Cole's Christmas surprise, and Adam Cole confirmed that was the case, and they kind of walked off on their own without the Bucks, which uh, I like a lot. We've been saying this for a while now. I think an undisputed era, if they're, whatever they're going to call it, I don't think they can call it that, versus an elite feud, I think makes the most sense, dude. I think this uh, is already off to a strong start. I like the debut of Kyle O'Reilly here. Yeah, I thought this was good. Like I so said, the match was fine for what it was. I mean, pockets kicking out of the Panama Sunrise bothered me a little bit. But, <laughs> I mean, there was it was less goofy than normal, so I, I, I let it slide. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Kyle Riley coming in, him fishing Cole in the ring looked great. I mean, they just look like stars and look like like a big deal. Then you have the two goofs walking out in their Christmas outfits, and I'm just like, this is why you need to break Adam Cole away from them. Like, they're funny and goofy and dumb. Like, he needs he's serious. So get him away from them because they're terrible. <laughs> and I, I like the tease there, and the quicker you get him away from them, the better. So I thought we might get the turn last night with Cole breaking away from the Bucks, but clearly they're going to milk this out, which I'm fine with. There's a story to tell there. Um, do you think this leads to a Kenny Omega coming? I mean, the thing is, is, is Kenny going to be back by early 2022? Because I think the match to do would be Cole and Omega and then Cole and, you know, Fish and O'Reilly versus the Elite. I just don't know how soon we're going to get that, so... Obviously, we're going to get a 10-man. I know we're getting a 6-man next week. We'll probably get a 10-man with... 
I think the best friends could have five people. I think if they put, you know, Orange Cassidy, um, Chuck Taylor, Trent, um, you know, who's the other one? Wheeler, Yuta, and Rocky Romero versus these five. They could do that at some point. That makes sense. I mean, it's interesting. They're not going to call them undisputed, right? They'll probably call them something different. Maybe redisputed. I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I mean, I really don't care what the name is. They're, they're just going to be great, so. Yeah. It's funny how. What'd you say? They're just breaking away from the Bucks, please. What? The Bucks are funny. It's oh, awful. They're goofy. Pacaw! Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I. Stop. The Pacaw is terrible. Um. <laughs> what? You don't like Matt Jackson's acting? Or he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa what are they doing here? It's awful. I hate the voice that he does. Why are you talking like that? I just anyway, we'll we'll talk about that another time. But anyway, um, yeah, I like the debut of Kyle O'Reilly. We'll see where it goes, and I'm looking forward to that eventual Elite versus Undisputed matchup. I think it's been in the works for a while, and I'm excited for it. Um, we also got the announcement that Brian Danielson and Adam Page the rematch is set for the first episode of TBS, not Battle of the Belts, uh, but the first episode of the Dynamite, uh, you know, premiere on TBS on January 5th for the AEW World Championship. And I like this exchange. I'm not too high on the idea of there being judges, though, Mr. Marceau. I, I don't really like where this is going. If, this, if they have judges, I'm so out on this. It's not even funny. Because then at that point, we're going to get another draw. It's from the judging. I just, please, no. I feel like they just make it too obvious with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, if they have, ju- I mean, they could swerve us and have the judges and just not do it. But I mean, if we're gonna go to that extent to have judges, I feel like that point where that's what we're getting, and I really don't want that. Listen, I I said this last week, I think, when I love the, I really did like the Danielson Page match last week. I don't want to call it the best match even of the year for this company. My problem with that match was that I think they laid it on a little too thick that it was gonna go to a sixty-minute draw. I mean, I like, I don't mind draws, but if it's a surprise or. It was hard for me to get into it completely because I knew where it was going. And I'm not saying predictability is a bad thing. I say that all the time, but it's just, I knew where it was going. And I feel like we're heading in the same direction where it's hard for me to get invested in another match if we know that it's going to end in a draw or some sort of non-finish to set up a rematch, another match for Battle of the Belts a couple days later. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, we'll see where they go with it. I think it's going to be a good match, but... I don't know. I'm not a big fan of with the whole judges thing. I just feel like that overcomplicates things. Uh, Ruby Soho advancing in the AEW TBS Women's Championship Tournament over Nyla Rose. Um, I actually thought this was a pretty good match. Probably one of the better Nyla Rose matches I've seen. Were you a fan of this or, or not so much? I thought it was fine. I mean, I'm I'm kind of over like Nyla with Vicky. I mean, just whatever. I like Ruby Soho. I feel like she's been a little overrated in AEW. I think she's good, but I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I I think she's good, but I think the like people like kind of like overrate her a little bit. But we'll see. I, I obviously think it's gonna be her and Thunder Rosa. Uh, I don't know. You think I, so? I, I, I I think so. I mean, maybe it's her and Jade. I, I maybe I don't know. I just I feel like you could have her beat Jade and the Jade cost Thunder Rosa, and then just kind of do that down the line as well. But I mean, because I feel like Thunder Rosa at this point is gonna be the one to beat Brett. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think she'll win the belt. So. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I thought it was good, but I don't know. I feel like they, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's other women they can focus on. I, I feel like they're just kind of like shoehorning her because she's from WWE. No, I can understand that. I, I do think she's the right choice to win the championship, though. I, I like this match a bit, and, uh, you know, I think they're doing Thunder and Jade next week on the show. I think Jade's going to win that. I think... She, they've built up this undefeated streak for so long. I think she's got to lose in the finals. I don't think she should win. I really don't. I like Jade. I don't think she's ready for that at all. I do think if she's going to lose, though, it should be in the finals. So uh, we'll see what they do with it. But either way, I think Ruby Soho will go all the way and win the whole thing. Um, you, you talk about, you know, the overrated and stuff like that. What about Dan Lambert? He's back. He's gotten promos in the audience. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I thought that Dan Lambert at first was good. The problem is who he's the problem is more like who he's with. Like I like Scorpio. The other page does nothing for me. But like they just don't like they're just losers. And, Men of the year. Well, they're not good though. It's just like <laughs> that's what it's like they have a mouthpiece and he's like talking about how great they are, but they literally don't win anything. So it's like I don't know. It's just like I'm trying to think of how to, like an analogy. Like it's like you're talking up someone that just never wins. So it's like at that point, like eventually people just tone you out because it's like. You're just being annoying to be annoying. Like him, like, 
they're trying to use me to make people cheer Cody. It's like, okay, but, like, you're still a loser. I don't know. I just feel like them losing the inner circle definitely didn't help them at all. They haven't done anything since. I The shtick's kind of over at this point. Unless they start winning and are actually a focal point, then maybe I'll care. But I feel like they're like Team Taz 2.0. Like, they talk shit and never win, so... We'll see what happens, but, I, I mean, it, there really was no direction anyway, so he was just more bitching about Cody and, like, other people get shots over the men of the year, but no one really cares about them, so. Yeah. It was what it was, but it literally was, like, a segment that was just on the show just to get someone booed, and it really had no substance to it. He was talking about Ethan and Scorpio getting AEW TNT title shots, and, and Scorpio getting a shot would be fine with me. I like Scorpio, but... I feel like they've been middling around that level for a while. They've been a tag team, and they lost to Allen and Sting a few times, but I don't know. I just don't really care. Like, I, I know we got Ethan and uh, Sammy at the Boston show that we went to. I just, I really just don't care about Ethan Page. Anyway. I like Scorpio. I feel like maybe Lambert with Scorpio, even that's a bit of a weird pairing, but if they push Scorpio on his own with Lambert as his mouthpiece, then maybe, but... The tag team stuff is just terrible. I just he, they already lost the inner circle, so why are they continuing this? Is my question. I don't know. I really don't. I maybe because they had um. I don't know. I really. <laughs> I don't. I try. Some of the times I try to like actually like think about it. I really don't know why they're still together, or at least why he's still with them. Like he talked all this stuff about how great they were and how great men of the year are. But like I said, every time they've had a big match, they've lost. They lost the. They both lost the Sammy Guevara. They lost the. The inner circle, they haven't won anything of mat- like that matters. So it's like at this point, it's just like a kid talking shit that has no weight behind it. Yeah, it's just, I just, another thing for me is that a segment like this was such a waste of time. I don't really think this accomplished anything, which is, you know, if it's raw, whatever, I, I guess, because it's like you waste time and they want to fill the three hours and they're using everyone on the show. AEW doesn't have as much time as WWE does, so they can't really feature everyone that they want. I don't count Dark and Elevation. That shit is it's completely missable. These guys are on the show almost every week, dude, it seems. But people like Eddie Kingston and Jay Lethal can't sniff TV time. That, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it's, you could say them. I mean, like I said, Team Taz is another perfect example. Like, why aren't they on the show more? Yeah. Freaking Powerhouse Hobbs has the potential to be a superstar. The guy's relegated to Dark. <laughs> I like Ricky Starks. I like Taz. Like I'd rather watch them. They're the same thing. The real problem is if you're gonna have them on the show, then you'd have to get rid of the men of the year because they're basically the same shtick. I mean, so I mean, but I don't know. I just like, and that's the thing. It's like I love Kyle O'Reilly and them, but like obviously Adam Cole's feature. Like, why do we get the fucking best friends every week? Like, give me more of other people. Like, people like the best friends, whatever. I don't need to see the best friends every week. I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I know they're feuding with Cole and them guys, but yeah, they're in the they're on the show a lot, a lot. Every fucking week they're on the show. I don't understand. Like, like I said, you have other guys. Like, I love I, I love Team Taz, but they're never on the show, and like they probably don't. No one really cares because they lose every time. <laughs> it's just it's one of those things. It's like you're gonna put the Men of the Year on every week, and you're gonna put. Uh, uh, fucking the best friends on every week. Like, why do you put more women matches on the show? Yeah. Like, do something. Do something that people like care about. I like. I don't know. Like the Malachi Black thing last night. Like, I thought it was a good match, but like it was pointless. He just killed both of them. Oh, that might be like, a leading somewhere, but yeah. As far as I mean, unless it leads to he him. He made Brian Pillman look like a fucking moron. Yeah, no. I mean, I was hoping that at least Brian Pillman would try to jump Malachi, and the Malachi's new partner, very likely Brody King, who they've been hinting at who it could be. Um, comes in to make the save, and then it's a tag team match. But they didn't even do that. I mean, he just beat the shit out of both of them. So, I don't know. I feel like they were pushing Varsity Blondes for a while, now, but now they're just glorified losers on the show. Where's Andrade Alidolo? Oh, we haven't seen him since the table bump. How is he not... This is what I don't understand. Cody's back got burned up terribly. I know Cody won, but Cody's back looked terrible. Those pictures were disgusting. Andrade escaped unscathed. But how is he not on the show? I mean, it clearly... Clearly, they don't put people on the show they don't have plans for. But why don't they have any plans for these people? Why don't they have any plans for Andrade? They don't have any plans. Leo Rush hasn't been on the show in a while. They haven't addressed the whole thing with him and Dante Martin. Are they still friends? Like, Dante, I, I, they never explained that. Him, Jay Lethal, who I mentioned earlier, why even bring the guy in if you have no plans for him? Um, Miro. I, I'm, I'm tired Where's of the whole... Miro? <laughs> Listen, 
I'm tired of the excuse of like, oh, they have vignettes for him. Clearly, they know what they're going for. I like the whole God vignette thing, but clearly, dude, they're doing that because they have no fucking clue what to do with them. Let, let's stop pretending. Like, I do have faith in AEW to do the right thing, but they're not untouchable. I feel like with certain people, they really don't know what to do with. And I feel like Miro is one of those guys where they had him lose the TNT title, and he came back for like two matches because Moxley got, uh, you know, he left for a little bit. So they just don't know what to do with Miro. It's amazing. I mean, I just... Let, let's stop pretending like they book everything and they know exactly what they're doing with everyone because they don't. I was going to say, I honestly forgot. <laughs> I feel like every week I see a vignette from Miro, so I'm just like... Gee, they, like they haven't like, even done that, though. They haven't done that the last couple of weeks. But the thing is, I feel like one thing, if he was hurt and they want to keep him like around, but like he's not. They're just not using him. No, they're just not using him. But people will say, oh, he was... I mean, he has had a better run in AEW than WWE, at least recently, but... I mean, at least he was on the show. I I don't know. That just like we gotta we gotta talk about this stuff too because I feel like a lot of people just kind of ignore it and like oh yeah we haven't seen Miro in a while like, but I feel like if this was WWE I mean I know WWE has way more time, but just we didn't see Tony on SmackDown for two months and people wouldn't stop bitching about that every fucking week. But what about Miro? Like they these are talented people. They this is what happens when you hire everyone in the free agent market. I feel like and they're still bringing people in. Yeah, they, I mean, they have a shit ton of people. Like, a lot a lot of people do, they don't know what to deal with. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are still left over from, like, the initial... Sonny uh, Kiss like, and Joey Janela. But, like, even, like, perfect example, like, Jungle Boy. Like, I feel like I haven't seen him on Dynamite forever, and he showed up last night in a, in a, in a package for Rampage. But still, like, I haven't, I feel like I haven't seen him on, on, on Dynamite in forever. And, like, they do, like, the yearly, we're going to push him, and then... You know, he gets his title shot, he loses, and then we don't see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just... It's becoming too much to juggle, I think. It's just, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't get it. I just feel like, it's like this is where I get every week. We get the same four or five people every week. We get Britt Baker either in a segment or in a match, and then maybe... Well, she's in a match, then so we're definitely not getting another women's match. So basically, it's either we get Britt Baker every week, it's either a vignette or interview or a match, and if she's doing any of those things, we get another woman other thing. So if she's in a match, we'll get like a vignette for like fucking Ty Connie versus what's-her-face in the submission match on Rampage. But like, can we get a little bit more? Like, I don't know, I feel like the TBS title thing, they've been dragging that shit out for forever. It's like, why don't you put that more on TV more? Like, but make it seem like people actually, like, it matters. Well, that I will say, I think they did that on purpose because they wanted to coincide with the first show on TBS. That's why I think they did that. Okay, well, I guess I'll let it slide, but still, it's like, where's QT Marshall? We need more. Oh, my God. Where's Lance Archer? I mean, I think he's hurt. Yeah, I think. I don't know. That was months ago. I don't know if he's doing better or not. I'm not sure. The Miro thing is inexcusable. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. But, like, they yeah. get you invested in these people. Like, I was like, oh, wow, Miro's doing great work. Like, I enjoy the TNT title stuff. They have him loose, and then they have nothing for him. You know what? I mean, they were, like, they're kind of, like, in a few, but, like, like what happened to... Didn't fucking Ortiz and Santana beat... <laughs> didn't they beat... Didn't they, like, beat someone to then, like, possibly get a Lucha Brothers match? It just never happened. Yeah, they beat... What happened was they beat FTR. They Remember, they, they feuded for a long time because, like... <laughs> FTR, someone got hurt, so they had to drag the rematch out, remember? They didn't do the rematch at all out. They did it on TV. Great yeah, matches. Yeah, uh, Cash got hurt. He exactly. Got, like, yeah. So they then did... They they, yeah, he beat them, and then they, they beat them. And then, like, on Rampage, I think it was in New York City, they had the Bucks, not the Bucks, the Lucha Bros and Santana Ortiz team up, and they didn't do anything with that. Now, the, now Jurassic Express is in the number one contender spot, and I feel like they just got a title shot two or three months ago, and they also faced the Lucha Bros back in August, and they lost. I mean, I guess they could win this time, but I, I just... What about Santana? Santana Ortiz have just... Their run has been extremely underwhelming. It's been They've been here for two years. There's there's no honeymoon period. They have just don't know what the fuck to do with these guys. And the inner circle shit doesn't help. Well, yeah, I mean... I feel like the way that they book, it's like... You're like, is the inner circle stuff still going on? It's like the pinnacle stuff. It's like, are they together? Are they not? Like, it just... It's kind of weird, and... I feel like they don't really like, connect the lines too well. Like, hey, can't put them on TV. Got the got to put the best friends on every week. Jesus Christ! Got to get pockets on the show. So, I don't know. I mean, let's talk about this real quick. I completely forgot about this. I don't know how I didn't mention this, but we'll go off with this: Punk, Sting, and Allen versus the Pinnacles, MJF and uh, FTR. 
I like this match. Sting almost killed MJF at one point by tossing him onto a ringside. I mean, that was pretty scary. Uh, beyond that, I like this. I mean, I, I love the face paint stuff. I mean, you, you know me. I, I, I enjoyed the shit out of this, given who was involved. Um, Punk, Sting, and Allen winning. You know, typical send the home, send the crowd home happy for the holidays type of finish. Blah, blah, blah. Furthers the feud of Punk and MJF. Um, MJF wasn't pinned. Is what it is. So, I know you're not on the Sting train at all. I, I totally get that. But I'm curious what your thoughts on this on this match were. The main event for Dynamite. No, I thought it was a good main event. It's probably one of the better ones they've had in a while. I mean, very star-powered. I, I, I mean, I, I'm like a broken record at this point about Sting. I mean, <laughs> I know. The more I see him, the less I want to see him. I'm just like, dude. And the, it's just like you said. And then, like, you got to hear Shivani screaming every week. Sting! Oh, my God. I literally can't at this point. And I just, like, I get it, but it's just like, imagine if Goldberg was wrestling every week. People would be like, dude, get this fucking guy off my TV. But since it's AEW and it's Sting, everyone goes crazy. Even if even when Sting was in WWE, if he was on TV as much as he is now, people would be like, get this fucking old geriatric ass off the <laughs> They would, and people don't say it. Like, we were old. True, great. true. And, like, I don't know. I like, I like Darby a lot. I just don't really care for Sting. And then they beat FTR again. It's just like, <laughs> they're another one. Just fucking constantly lose. They just beat random people, and then when it matters most, they fucking lose all the time. It's I mean, get, fucking. Insane. At least they'll beat the Briscoes, probably, right? <sighs> if they even get that, I don't know when they're going to do. Don't even get that. I was going to say, don't even, don't even get going. If they we even get there, <laughs> if we even get there, like what happened to Pack? Like where's Pack been? He got sprayed by Malachi. <sighs> yeah, he had an eye patch one week. We haven't seen him since. Yeah. Did he have an eye patch? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, he part. did. He did, but that was from something else. I think he got thumbed in the eye, but then he got misted in the other eye that was still good. So maybe, maybe he'll join the faction with Julia Hart, with him and Malachi Black. Julia Hart in there just makes no sense. And that's what they actually do. I don't know that they are, but. What do you mean the faction? Why would Julia Hart be in it? Because people are speculating that the people that Malachi Black misted were going to be in the House of Black. So wouldn't Cody be in it? I mean, I guess, <laughs> yes, he would be. But the thing is, I think people are going off of recent mists and not the mist from the last three months, I guess. I don't know. Well, the thing is, how could she be in it when the mist missed? <laughs> That's not what I was told. I saw Brian Pillman scraping more off the stage than they actually hit her in the face. Oh, Mr. Morrisell, you kill me. Uh, I know. Yeah. I get know. you with the mist mist. Love it. <laughs> How could she join if she did the miss miss? It didn't miss. She was a mile away from her. I like said, to learn how to do it or what? Because or stop doing it because he can't do it right. Yeah, what is it? The green Muda or the great green Muda? He the great Muda. Stands a mile away from the person. He yeah. can't hit him. I mean, what if a gust of wind comes? I mean, you gotta be right there if you're gonna do it. That's silly. It's just like I said. Don't do. Don't quote Dusty Rhodes. Don't do shit you can't do. <laughs> Tell that to his son. Oh my god! Don't get me started on him. Cody, he's over. Oh my god! He got that, The best part—I don't know if you saw Rampage last week—but Lambert was cutting that promo, and then Cody came out, and they were expecting Cody to get cheered because Lambert's so hated, but he got booed louder than Lambert. Because well, it's just oh my it's, god! They're trying to get him over. This is a tweener. Yeah, it's gonna get over. Wait till he beats Sam on Saturday night. Then it'll be over. But the thing is, is that people are like, "Listen, he's doing this on purpose." I know he is. No shit. I I've, I have a pair of eyes as well. I know they're doing this on purpose. My thing with it is that it's just not interesting. It's not it's even not. compelling. That's the pro- you know what I mean? Like it's not even like he's involved in like great programs where it's interesting. Oh, is he gonna turn? Is he not gonna? I just don't really care. I just feel like they're dragging out so much. Like, even if he does turn eventually, I just don't think people care. I, he's at a point now where people just don't. I can't say people don't care about Cody because at least they give him a reaction. But it's like the whole, oh, look at me. I'm coming out and I'm supposed to be a face, but I'm not. Like, that's the point. Dude, he's like, fake going in the heel tunnel. It's funny. <laughs> I just. It's it's he's it's supposed to be this thing where it's like listen I'm full of myself but I'm not but it's like by doing that you're still full of yourself does like does that make sense because they're still putting the spotlight on this shit yeah I mean he's doing the same shtick I mean like yeah, I said Andrade, wait, wait, till, wait till Saturday night when he beats him and then everyone will be like oh Cody's great again <laughs> I don't you know, know about that but what do you mean he can't face the he gotta win a championship can't face the like the stipulation no no I know that but I'm talking about the people just. 
automatically accepting him again. I don't, I don't expect that to happen that if he would have won the title. Come on, he's gonna be like a twenty-time TNT champion. <laughs> um, he said he won't go back, and he said, "Listen, I'll never turn." Oh. Said that in a promo. Oh my god! I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that promo over the drunk guy behind us in Boston, but <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Though. That was bad. Hopefully, Bridgeport's better. Mister Marceau says he's in. When are we going? <laughs> hey, going. Uh, I think it's mid February. I got to get the tickets, and I'll let you know. Can't wait, pal. Hey, Christmas gift, Mister Marceau coming to Dynamite. Can't wait. We'll hit up the uh, shoddy McDonald's on the way. Can't wait. <laughs> I look forward to it. Well, Mr. Marceau, this has been great. I'll let you go. We've been talking for two hours, even off the air for the last uh, couple of hours here. But next week, like I said, one last chance, maybe not the last chance to vote, but you got another couple days. The votes will end. The voting will end on Wednesday at midnight. So Tuesday going into Wednesday. I'm not sure if that's Tuesday at midnight, but you know what I mean. Um, It's ending 30th. 29th into the 30th. Get your votes in now for the match of the year, wrestler of the year, feud of the year, so much more over at WrestleRant.com. Ninth annual 2021 WWE slash NXT. So show you W year and review awards. We're breaking it all down here next week on WrestleRant Radio and predictions for New Year's Evil the following week and day one that Saturday. Stack show with you, Mr. Marceau, coming up next Thursday. Until then, Mr. Marceau, enjoy your Christmas. Let me know how it goes. Uh, I look forward to hearing all about it. Sounds good, pal. Hope Santa treats you guys and the Marceau as well. I look forward to hearing all about it over text and right here on the show next week. Can't wait. See you, brother. Have a good one. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.